scripture reading this evening will be coming from Hebrews 3, 16 through 19. For who provoked him when they had heard? Indeed, did not all those who came out of Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell in the wilderness? And to whom he swore that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they are not able to enter because of unbelief. Never underestimate the power of negative thinking. It's not unusual to hear people talk about positive thinking, and especially in pulpits. But don't forget about the power of negative thinking either. Open your Bibles to Numbers chapter 13. It seems to me that some people just can snatch defeat out of the mouth of victory. When they could have been victorious, they're able to snatch defeat out of the mouth of victory. And when you look at Numbers chapter 13 and 14, and tonight we'll focus briefly on Numbers 13, next Sunday night, Lord willing, on Numbers 14, you'll find that here was a group of people, Israel, and the end of their journey was in sight. And what God had promised through Abraham and what God had continually promised concerning a nation, a people, having a land of its own was about to become a reality. Somehow, in some way, they were able to snatch defeat out of the mouth of victory. And I guess you could say they did it in 3D. 3D. 1D would stand for doubt. They doubted God. The second D would stand for disbelief. Their doubt showed itself in disbelief. The third D, disobedience. Look at the chapter with me. And what I'd like to do is pretty simple tonight. I'd like for us to overview the chapter... And in the course of the overview, I will give you some lessons to learn from Numbers 13. All right? That's how we'll go about things. All they had to do was trust and obey. Instead, they doubted, they disbelieved, and they disobeyed. When you look at Numbers 13... The first 16 verses you can call selection. Selection. 
And really what the 16 verses are about is this. Twelve spies are appointed. One from each of the twelve tribes. The Bible says when you look at this section, and I'll go ahead and give you some of the lessons to learn as we go through this, the Bible says that these were chiefs or leaders among the 12 tribes. They were chiefs or leaders among the 12 tribes. And that they were heads of the various tribes of Israel. Two of the names are familiar to most Bible students. Joshua and Caleb. By way of lessons to learn, notice this lesson from the selection of the twelve. First of all, men who were esteemed and looked up to for their leadership were appointed. Secondly, this was by the command of God. Do you see that in the opening three verses of Numbers chapter 13? The Lord spoke by His mouth. This message came to Moses at His command. So what they were doing was what God wanted done. But He also says this. Notice in this section, Numbers 13, 1 and following. To the land I am giving you. Do you see it? Mark it. They're going into this land and beholding all of the things that they would see. They needed to keep in mind that they were going in the land at the command of God and that God had said, I am giving this land to you. And that should have given them a great sense of joy and exuberance and enthusiasm in going to this land. This land, this land is going to be ours that God has promised. That brings me to another lesson just from this section, verses 13. Uh, 1 through 16 in chapter 13. It is a who's who of the faithless. There probably is not one person in this congregation that knows the names of all ten of the spies that would come back with an unfavorable report. But I suspect many of our young people know who came back with let's do what God says, Joshua and Caleb. Those men's names are written here in Numbers 13 as a who's who of instigating doubt and disbelief and disobedience among God's people. I can't think of anything more tragic than having a legacy like that. Another lesson to learn from verses 1 through 16 from Numbers 13 is this. We see something of God's gracious providence 
we see something of God's gracious providence. How so, Brother Mike? Here's how. You see that Joshua's name is changed to Joshua by Moses in this section. His name, Hoshea, means salvation. But when he's called Joshua, God is salvation. Joshua will be one of the two spies that will come back with a favorable report. We can take this land. God is giving this land to us. Let's do what he says. And I want you to know that this recognizance mission that he's going on with 11 other fellas would probably be invaluable to him 38 to 40 years later when he, as the leader of God's people, would help them to take the land. Sometimes God is thinking a whole lot farther ahead than you and me. Isn't that marvelous? Joshua would remember the things that he had seen and witnessed. All of the fortified cities and the ones that were less fortified. And he would know how to go about doing what God promised. You'll take the land and I will be with you. With two exceptions, with two exceptions, this list is a who's who of faithlessness. The second main heading If the first one is selection, the second one is instruction, verses 17 through 20. From the selection of the twelve to instruction to the twelve as to what their mission was all about. And Moses is pretty clear about this in verses 17 through 20. The strong or the weak... The few and the many, the good and the bad, the camps and the strongholds, the rich and the poor, the places where there's trees and the places where there's not. When you and I stop and look at this section, here's another lesson to learn. When God gives instructions, He gives them for a reason. They are not to be taken lightly. When God gives us the instruction, learn not to go beyond the things that are written. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 6, that should not be taken lightly. When the word of God gives us the instruction not to swerve from the truth of God to the right or to the left, Joshua 1 verses 6 through 9, that should not be taken lightly. When Scripture tells us not to add to or take from God's Word, Revelation 22, 18 and 19, He gives His instructions for a reason. And some things are more obvious to many, like the instruction to love God with all. And some may be less obvious to many people who are religious, 
like repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. But God gives his instruction for a reason. Next. When you look at verses 21 through 24, the word to remember is execution. From selection in verses 1 through 16 to instruction, verses 17 through 20. Here's your mission, the execution of the mission. Verses 21 through 24, the execution of the mission. Verses 21 through 24. That brings me to a fourth area by way of overview. The report. The report. Verses 25 through 29. The report, 25 through 29. Notice the lesson. When you read verse 25, how many days did the 12 spies spend in the promised land observing things? 40, right? What I'd like for you to notice is this. During that 40 days... Did one of the twelve get killed? Is there any report of any incident that should have promoted fear by God's people? Not a bit. And when you stop and look at this, here's what I want you to see. Look at verse 28. Of Numbers 13. They come back and say in verse 27, We did come to a land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. And they show some of the grapes, and they bring back some figs and other things. And the people are awestruck at how fruitful the land is. But then notice 28. And the English standard from which I'm reading says, However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, a group of giant type people. And it goes on. What you're going to see is that there is a report given that the land is rich and wonderful and fruitful. There's agreement on that by all 12. But there's a however, there's a but, there's a moreover. And that separates the faithful from the faithless. Look, if you will, at the last section. And it's the reaction, verses 30 through 33. When you hear Caleb in verse 30... He quiets the people before Moses and he says, Let us go up at once and occupy the land. We are well able to overcome it. And 
and then the opposite report. Then the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And so they bought, they brought a bad report. Someone once negatively defined the word committee as individuals who accomplish nothing and then come together to determine that nothing can be accomplished. If you've known something about committees, sometimes that is the way that it works. People who accomplish nothing individually to come together to determine that nothing can be accomplished. And what you have here is ten individuals saying that this cannot be done and two individuals saying, let's go do it. They see the same things and many of their observations coincide with one another, but how they interpret things is vastly different. Lesson to learn. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 we walk by faith and not by sight. The ten are faithless. And so they doubt what God has promised. They disbelieve that they can do what God had said would be done. And as a matter of fact, that he would be giving them. And they are going to be the instigators of a rebellion against God that would cost the lives of an entire generation with the exception of Joshua and Caleb. Don't think for a moment that the power of negative thinking is completely dead among God's people. How the chapter ends is amazing. We seem to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seem to them. In that part of the world, the grasshopper was the smallest thing that people would eat in that part of the world. And what they're saying, if I could put it in language that we might relate to, is these people are so formidable, we are nothing more than a shrimp cocktail to them. We're shrimp. And nothing more than a shrimp cocktail. Now here's my question, and it's one that I ask y'all quite a lot. Where is God in the closing verses of Numbers chapter 13? Where is God? He's not in the picture. And that's what happens when people doubt and disbelieve and disobey Him. We'll look at chapter 14 next week and do the same thing, all right? But what a lesson for us to be thinking about. I'll tell you this much. There's a place for negative thinking, 
but not the negative thinking of the ten in Numbers 13. More about that in the future. Let us pray. God, a dear brother used to pray often in leading public prayer in this congregation. Help us to remember that you are a God who says what he means and you mean what you say. God, help us to do just that. Help us not to doubt what you say. The people of Israel had no reason to doubt you. You had provided for them and you had blessed them. You had released them from bondage and you had caused the Egyptian army to come to an end all by your power. God, how could they have doubted and distrusted you? God, how can we doubt and distrust and disobey you when we think of how you have provided Jesus for us? And how our sins are washed away and we are made clean and whole before you and part of your family. God, help us to trust and obey you and to ever walk by faith and not by sight. And may you always be at the very forefront of our vision and our insight and desire. We long to see you and to be with you forever. Help us to realize how trustworthy you are. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're about to stand and sing our song of encouragement. Perhaps there's someone here tonight that needs to come to Jesus in baptism and have their sins washed away, and you need to be added to the church of Jesus. It's a great time to do that. Perhaps there's someone here that is overcome by negativism. You know, people who are negative can be awfully hard to be around sometimes. And it can be awfully contagious, can't it? Think about how ten men had such a negative influence on an entire nation. I want to be a positive influence for my Lord, don't you? And to the congregation here at Westside. If we can help you in your walk with the Lord, let us. We'd, be, we'd love to pray with you. If we can help you in any way, won't you come as we stand and sing?